I need you to say, my progress will have no end. My progress will have no end. Listen, I just came back from an amazing um, time on the wet, on the East Coast. And I want to say thank you to all of our covenant partners and all of Inner Circle who met me, who took care of me, who um, went with me when I went to minister in Richmond yesterday. But I just came from Pastor Cynthia's um, women's conference, Virtuous Women Conference. And it just was such a, an amazing conference. And I love it because there was something that was taught there that I think ties in perfectly with something that Pastor Edwin and I have been teaching here about how to live the Christian life and how to live in victory. And I hope that what I'm going to do today is I'm going to get you excited about obedience. I hope that I'm going to help you shift your mindset so that you um, so that you think of obedience in a totally new way. And so we're going to pray. I need you to give God 13 seconds of praise. If he's been good to you, if you can breathe this morning, if he brought you out of anything, if he's ever made a way for you, if he saved your soul, man, I need you to give God some praise. And then I'm going to pray and we're going to get into this word. Most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you so much praise and so much thanksgiving. You're so incredibly worthy. You're such a tremendous and a good God. You're so incredibly faithful and kind to us. You're so full of mercy. You're so long-suffering. You're so patient. You're so kind. You continue to instruct. You continue to direct. You continue to lead. You continue to guide. Even when we make our bed in hell, you come and get us. And we thank you for that. We thank you that it is always your will for us to be whole. It's always your will for us to prosper. It's always your will for us to increase. It is always your will for us to live a life that has no limit to the progress. And so we thank you that because of Jesus, we have free access to this. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you because of the Holy Spirit, we can hear your voice. We thank you that we don't have to wonder which way to go. We can know which way to go. And so we pray today that our eyes will be flooded with light, that our ears would be um, would be um, clear to hear your voice, that our heart would not be waxed, gross, and full of garbage, but that we would um, receive everything you're saying to us in this season so that we can become a walking billboard of your goodness. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We got a lot of scriptures today, but we love the word. Can y'all put that in the comments? We got a lot of scriptures, but we love the word. And the scripture that's going to be the foundational text for um, the teaching that I'm doing today, which is called Your Progress Will Have No End. I need you sharing this. I need you tagging the the partners that you haven't seen because we need all partners to understand. We want the whole world to understand that God desires for you to live a life where your progress has no end. How many of you would like to live a life where your progress has no end? How many of you would like to have a life, according to Psalms 103, that as you get older, your youth is being renewed, your mind is getting sharper, you aren't losing a step? How many of you would like to see your relationships getting better and better and better, that every year you would say, this year was better than the last year, this year has been the best year of my life so far? How many of you would like to see your pro your finances increase more and more? How many of you would like to see your children growing in the things of God. It is God's will for us to live a no limit life. It is God's will for us to live a life where our progress has no end. Put this in the comments. 
God has not put a ceiling on my progress. God has not put a ceiling on my progress. Hallelujah. See, that ought to get you excited. Thank you, Canaan. God has not put a ceiling on my progress. So if there is any ceiling on my progress, it did not come from God. If there is any ceiling on my progress, it did not come from God. God has not put a ceiling on my progress. And I'm so glad to see some of our covenant partners here this morning. Um, we haven't seen you in a while, but we love you and we're so glad to see you. And we hope that you will stay plugged in because we don't want you to miss all that God is doing in this season. God has not put a ceiling on my progress. So let's go to Proverbs 4 and 12 in the Passion Translation. Let's look at Proverbs 4 and 12 in the Passion Translation. And it says, your progress will have no limits when you come along with me and you will never stumble as you walk along the way. Man, you ought to praise God for that right now. Did you read that scripture? You ought to go to your Bible app. You ought to highlight that in the Passion Translation. You ought to take a screenshot. You ought to put it on your desk. You ought to put it everywhere you can see it. Your progress will have no limits when you come along with me and you will never stumble as you walk along the way. I know that cannot just sound good to me. My progress will have no limits. My progress. See, you see why you ought to every partner, your cousin, your friend, everybody, you know, you ought to call them on the phone while you watching and say, I need you to get up and I need you to plug into this word right now, because I need you to know that the limits that are on your life right now, the limits in your checking account, the limits in your relationship, the limits, they did not come from God. God is not withholding good from you turn and tell your uh, virtual neighbor, God is not withholding good from me. You can see today that I'm going to have you putting a lot of comments in. I'm going to have you engaging because I don't want you to miss this. I don't want you to miss what Proverbs 4 and 12 says, because it goes along with what Pastor Edwin told us. We prosper in every season. God has a plan for us. We win in every season. We overcome in every season. We are victorious in every season. Your progress will have no limits when, when you come along with me and you will never stumble. Now, if you read that in context, Proverbs 4 is all about wisdom. Where does wisdom come from? God. So he's saying, listen, your progress will not have any limits if you'll do it my way. That's what I'm saying to you about how I want you to rethink obedience. Listen, so when God is asking us to obey, how, why is God asking us to obey? Because he wants us to live a limitless life. He wants us to live a life where our progress has no end. Now, I know you ought to be saying, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Maybe some of you have jumped up from your chair and said, wait a minute. I have been approaching this thing about obedience in the wrong way. God is not trying to keep me from good. God is trying to get me right smack into good that never ends, that never stops, that has no limits. 
Let's look at Psalms 115, verse 14 in the Amplified. It says, may the Lord give you great increase, you and your children. Hallelujah. May the Lord give you great increase, you and your children. Hallelujah. The Lord wants to give you great increase. He wants to give your children increase. He wants to bless you. He wants you to live a limitless life. He wants you to have a life of great progress. He doesn't want you stuck at a salary for 15 years. He doesn't want you stuck at what's in your savings account for 15 years. He doesn't want your marriage stuck. He doesn't want your relationship stuck. May God give you great increase. Aren't you thankful for God that looks at your life and looks at the ways that he can get increase to Darnell, that he can get increase to Mama Sand, that he can get increase to Secunda. He's looking at your life saying, I have a path for your increase. But what did Proverbs 2 say? I mean, Proverbs 4 say, when you come along with me, you got to come along with me. Tell your neighbor, say, stop doing your own thing. Stop doing your own thing. Let's go to Isaiah 119 in the um, NASB. It says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. What? So it's the year of great progress. God has turned his face towards you. He wants you to eat the best of the land. He wants you to know great progress. Why? Because God loves you. And two, because God wants to make you a walking billboard of his goodness. He wants God to, he wants people to look at Brenda's life and say, I got to get to know your God. He wants people to look at Linda's life and Pat's life and say, I got to get to know your God. He wants people to look at Larissa's life and say, I got to get to know your God. He wants your life to be a walking testimony that God is good. I need all of y'all to put in the comments, God is good. God is is good. I know those of you who normally don't comment when I was in Maryland, I mean in Virginia, all of these people were walking up to me and they were saying, I never comment, Pastor John, but I watch your stuff. Today I'm challenging you. If you are going to step into a life where your progress has no end, I need your comments this morning. I need you to say God is good. God wants you to experience a life where your progress has no end. He has already prepared a path of increase and progress just for you. He never intended for you to come to earth and to struggle for love, to struggle for favor, to struggle for financial provision. His heart is for you to win in every season. His heart is for you to know a limitless life. His heart is for you to know a life of continual progress. You can see this intent clearly revealed in Genesis when he created creates man and woman. In Genesis 1, 26 and 20 through 28 in the Amplified, he says, and God said, let us father, son and Holy Spirit make mankind in our image and after our likeness and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, the tame beasts and over all of the earth and over everything that creepeth upon the earth. 
So God created man in his own image, in the likeness of God. He created him, male and female. He created them and God blessed them. Shout, I'm blessed. And God blessed them. And he said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, using all of its vast resources in the service of God and man, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living thing. And God blessed them. And God blessed them. He empowered man to prosper. He said, you be fruitful, you multiply, you fill the earth and you subdue it and you use the vast resources I put here. Glory to God. So we see this. And then if we go to Genesis, the second chapter and the 15th verse, it says, and the Lord took the man and he put him in the garden. And the Lord took the man and he put him in the garden of Eden to work and to keep it. And the Lord commanded the man saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in that day you eat, you shall surely die. Guys, I want you to lean into something right here. Basically, God has been saying the same thing from the beginning. He has been saying, I give you limits so you can live limitlessly. I give you limits so you can live a life of continual progress. What does he say then? He says, you can eat everything in this garden except don't eat this tree. If you obey me, if you obey me in this area, you can have unlimited progress. But if you disobey me in this, in this area, you're going to end up with a limit on your life. See, the problem with the enemy is that he presents disobedience as though it's freedom, but it's really bondage. He, re he presents disobedience as though it's freeing you, as though it's letting you live limitless. But the Bible tells us that the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God and the, fo and the wisdom of God is foolishness to this world. So in the world, we get freedom by breaking rules. In the kingdom, we get freedom and limitless living by obeying our king. Tell your neighbor, say, if you want to have a life with no progress, you must obey the king. So you know the story. You know that they ate the fruit and they entered into a cycle of death and destruction that God never intended for them to live. But you also know that Jesus dealt with their sin and gave us a new life and restored us to limitless living. Say my life has no progress. I mean, ooh, that was messed up. We canceled that in Jesus' name. I need to go back to bed. Jesus. Say there is no limit to my progress. There is no limit to my progress. Let's look at Romans 5, 18 and 19 through the NLT. It says, yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings right relationship with God and new life for everyone. 
because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners, but because one, another person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. Now you just need to stop right now and give some praise for Jesus. I cannot obey God enough to be made righteous. But because of Jesus's obedience, my obedience can yield much fruit. Because Jesus did the ultimate act of obedience and dealt with our sin. Come on, somebody praise God this morning. My obedience allows me to partake in every good thing God has for me. My obedience allows me to partake in every good thing God has for me. I need you to just, I know I'm, I know I'm working y'all this morning, but I need you to say this. I need you to say this. Say, I have no interest in disobedience. I have no interest in disobedience. Listen, if there are any parents out here you know what it feels like to want to have good things. You have prepared good things for your kids. And because your kids will not submit to your authority, there are things that you withhold from them. Maybe you had a plan that you're going to buy your 16-year-old a car. But at 15, your six, your 15-year-old will not obey you. They will not come home and make curfew on time. No good parent is going to get that kid a car. A good parent is going to say, little Johnny, I got a car for you, but you have to do it my way. The enemy comes to you and he dangles a piece of fruit in front of you. And he says to you, Chris, if you eat this, you will live free. But it's a trap, y'all. Because when you eat it, you end up in bondage. When you eat fornication, you end up in bondage. When you eat rebellion, you end up in bondage. When you eat not being a giver, you end up in bondage. When you eat unforgiveness, you end up in bondage. Listen, we can eat everything he told us to eat, but let's stay away from that stuff that limits our progress. Stay away from the stuff that's sent to entrap you. It's a trap, y'all, and you're too smart by the power of the Holy Ghost to keep falling for the traps. Today's the day that you say, I want this life of limited pro limitless progress. I want this life of limitless living. I must break up with disobedience. I don't have any interest in disobedience. I don't want to go my own way. I don't want to do my own thing. I want to do it God's way. One, because I love him. Two, because he's worthy. And three, because the benefit package is amazing. Psalms 103, it says, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. It's not there, guys. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me. And don't forget his benefits. There are benefits to obeying God. And that's really what people mean when they're saying favor isn't fair. They're saying, yes, we're in the same family, but we don't have the same benefits. We don't have the same benefits, not because you're the black sheep. We don't have the same benefits because you won't do what the king tells you to do. 
And so I'm over here living a limitless life. I'm over here going from level to level and faith to faith. I'm over here increasing in my marriage. I'm over here increasing in my relationship with my friends and my children. I'm over here loving my job more and more every day. And you're stuck and you're stuck because you've been caught in the trap that when the enemy offered you the fruit of disobedience, you keep taking a bite. Throw that fruit down and come on over here where the table is spread and the feast of the Lord is going on. Food is so good to me. Colossians 1, 12 through 14. It says, and giving joyful thanks to the Father. And giving joyful thanks to the Father. Hallelujah. And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from limited living. For he has rescued us from poverty and sickness. For he has rescued us from low self-esteem and self-hate and self-loathing. For he has rescued us from bad relationships. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, I am free. And you are free. And if you're free, stop going back to bondage, friend. Stop going back to bondage, spiritual child. Stop going back to bondage, partner. Stop going back to bondage, friend of the ministry. You have been rescued. Stop going back and step into limitless living. Step into a life of no progress. And stop hanging with people who want to go back. Stop hanging with people who like to play with sin. Stop hanging with people who keeping you from your reward. Because I don't know about you, but I have gotten, gotten in trouble sometimes just by wrong association. Tell your neighbor, say it matters who you hang with. I have had people think things about me just because of who I hung with. It does matter who you hang with. It matters who you hang with. I have been delivered from the dominion of darkness and brought into the kingdom of the son he loves. Now, does that mean we don't care about people who go back? No, it means we say, come and follow us. We say, come and follow us. We don't go over there and sit with them. We say, no, come on over here to this table with us. Come on over here where there's breakthrough with us. Come on over here to this life of progress with us. We don't discount them. We don't not care about them. We're just unwilling not to live the good life. Tell your neighbor, say, I am not willing to give up the good life. I am not willing to give up the good life. It says, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I am a partaker. You are a partaker. We are all partakers. What's a partaker? Someone who has or gives or receives a part of the share. The reason we can all have limitless progress is because we are all partakers in the kingdom of God. Thank God for Jesus. Because of Jesus, we can all partake in God's goodness. 
I am a partaker and my progress will have no end. Come on, guys, let's go. This blessing you this morning. Thank God for the word that we can see the many benefits that we have. Thank God for the word. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Listen, have you ever been in a situation where you've been caught up in sin and the Holy Spirit keeps nudging you to come out of sin? He keeps nudging you to stop eating that way. He keeps nudging you to quit dating that person. He keeps nudging you to go ahead and give and uh, and uh, and surrender your life. Listen, I need you to say this with your chest. Thank God for the nudge. What's the nudge for? To get me to a life where my progress has no end. Thank God for the nudge. I don't know about you, but I can think about things that my grandmother kept telling me as I was growing up, kept telling me as I was growing up. And I didn't understand why she would keep telling me this as I was growing up. But now I'm so glad that she kept telling me because I couldn't see the path then, but I can see the path now. And I understand that she was nudging me because she wanted me to live a life with no limits. She wanted me to live a life where the progress didn't end. Thank God for the nudge. Thank God for the Holy Ghost nudge. Thank God for the pastors that nudge. Thank God for the friends that nudge. Thank God for the parents that nudge. Thank God for people that even when you think you want to sit in your limitations, you think you want to sit in your brokenness, you have resigned yourself to be broke, you have resigned yourself to be sick, you have resigned yourself that it can't get any better, Thank God for the Holy Ghost nudges. So how do I access this inheritance? How do I access what's been set aside for me? Because you guys know that in any legal system, in any kingdom, there is a way that you have to access. And I was thinking about this the other day. A lot of people don't know this, but if you have $100,000 in your bank account, notice I use that number because I want everybody to stretch because it is possible for you to have $100,000 in your bank account. So I need numbers that stretch you because if your life is going to be a life of no prog of, of no limits, I keep getting confused, no limits and a life where your progress doesn't end then you got to stretch yourself. So you understand that if you have $100,000 in your bank account or when you get $100,000 in your bank account, you need to know that if you go into the bank tomorrow and you say, I want $30,000 of that $100,000, even though it's in your account, you cannot take that $30,000 that day. Now, I've watched so many people get upset about that. they like, you keeping my money. They're like, no, we're not keeping your money. We just have a process for how your money is released. Yes, the money is in your account. No one has stolen the money from you, but we have a process for how the money is released. In the kingdom, the process for how what is in your account is released is called faith. Now, if you wanted $30,000 in cash, you got to tell them on Monday that you want it and most banks can get it in 72 hours. You have to understand that in the kingdom, you have so much stuff in your account. You have good health in your account. You have good relationships in your account. You have more money than you need in your account so you can be a blessing. You have the house of your dream in your account. You have the car of your dream in your account. You have the marriage of your dreams in your account. You have divine health. You have favor. You have a career that you love in your account. Tell your neighbor it's all in your account. 
It's all in your account, but you can't just walk in and get it. You must use faith. The access code, the process in the kingdom is faith. It's already in your account. If you could look in your heavenly account right now, you could see everything you could ever desire, everything that you could imagine. It's in the account. But you receive it. You get it into the natural. You get the $30,000 in your hand by faith. By faith. Romans 10 and 17, it says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Oh, it's in my account. I feel like some people ought to be stared up about that right now. It's in my account. I'm not begging God for my next job. It's already in my account. I'm not begging job. Pastor Cynthia, for everybody who's believing for a house, I want to release this word for you. Pastor Cynthia was saying the other day that she had spent years looking for a house and she could not find the house that she wanted. And she said, she said to the Lord one day, there is someone living in my house. And it's time for them to move because you have a house for them. And I need you to stare them to move out of my house. Did you hear what she said? They're living in it, but she knows it's hers. And the story is that she needed a very specific house because her parent, her mother and Pastor Tony's mother had were coming to live with them. And they needed a house with an elevator in it because Pastor Cynthia's mother is elderly and has had some hip challenges. And these people had just built another story and an elevator and they got the unction to sell the house. Now, I want to tell you how you partake in that. What's the faith that partakes in that? Not only did she ask, but she has led a lifestyle of being, of responding to the promptings of God to be a blessing to somebody else. So part of the faith to be able to receive is that God says what you want to experience make happen for somebody else. So as a person who lives a life of no of no limits and unlimited progress, you need to begin to say, God, who is sitting right now believing for something? They're sitting right now believing for something and they don't know how to get it. Make me the man. Let me send the word of encouragement right there now. Let me send the Starbucks card right now. Let me send the cash app right now. Let me buy their lunch right now. Because my goal is that in the kingdom, I know that everything reproduces after its own kind. And what I make happen for somebody else, God makes happen for me. Listen, I'm about to change this whole thing, guys. Y'all just go have to go with this. So it reminds me that yesterday when I was teaching in Richmond, that really I was teaching about this life of no limits and this life of um, this life of unlimited progress and how when we come into obedience with God, that we set ourselves up to receive what God has for us. And so I want to read a story to you out of the Bible. And I want to show you this story in 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, the first through the seventh verse. And I want to show you this because I want to show you how obedience, how obedience activates your provision, how obedience causes you to be able to get 
things out of your account because obedience is how you demonstrate to God you have faith. So we're making a little shift switch right now, but we're going to end up in the same place. Now, in let's look at 2 Kings. Hallelujah. You ought to stop and give somebody some praise. Uh-uh, you in first kings. It's second kings. Four. I love Latanya's testimony. She said, we closed on a house on October 7th. We were planning to build, but basically God led us to a house that had everything we needed in it. Second Kings four one through seven. Second Kings four one through seven. Because I want you to show, I want you to see how God uses your obedience to get you into limitless living. I want you to see how God uses your faith to get you into limitless living. I want you to see why the enemy works so hard to get you to go your own way so he can keep you capped. He can keep your income capped. He can keep you living in a house that's too small for your family. He can keep you from restoring your family. He can keep you from walking in divine health. So listen, the Bible says in 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets of Elijah saying, thy servant, my husband is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord and the creditor is come to take unto him my, my two sons to be bondsmen. And Elijah said to her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me what hast thou in thy house? And she said, thy handmaiden has not a thing in the house, save a pot of oil. And then he said, go and borrow the vessels abroad from all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, and borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and thou shalt pour the oil into all of those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and she shut the door up on her and her sons who brought the vessels and she poured out. I want to stop right there before I get to six and seven. And I want you to put this in the comments. None of this makes sense. None of this makes sense. There is a woman and here is her situation. She and her husband love the Lord. Her husband has faithfully served the man of God. And now her husband has died. And in that day, if you didn't pay your debts, they would come and get your kids. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. This day ain't that day. In that day, if you did not, they could take your kids into slavery. They could take you into slavery to work off of the debt. So her husband has died. He has not left her an inheritance. And the creditor is like, we still want our money. Man, we sorry Miss Jones died, but we still want our money. And they say, we're going to take your son. Now, the problem with them taking her sons is not just that her sons would be away from her. It's that she was a widow. And in that time, women needed men for provision. 
in that time, women needed men for provision. So if her husband was dead, and he was, and they took her sons and they were planning to, she was going to end up destitute because there was no place for her to get provision outside of the men in her family. So she goes to Elijah and she tells Elijah her problem. And I just want y'all to see this. Because this always trips me out whenever I read this. And maybe because I've been a pastor all these years. And Elijah says, what shall I do for you? Now, child, who don't know what she want Elijah to do for her? She has gone to Elijah. She has pled her case. My husband served you. We don't have any money. We still have debt. And they're going to take our sons. And Elijah says, what do you want me to do? Now, I want to say to you right now that many of you would have missed your access into no into progress. You would have mixed your access into no limit living. Why? Because you would have gotten offended and you would have said, I've been at this church all these years and now I got a problem and I don't went and asked the pastors for some help. And they done ask me, what do I want? They know what I want because some of you do treat tithe and offering like a savings account. And it's not. Tell your neighbor, it's not. That's not how the savings comes back. And so many of you would have gotten offended and you would not have heard the rest of the matter. But when you are in a situation of limitation, you need someone who's going to give you an anointed instruction to break the limitation on your life. Did you hear what I said? Man, I want to stand up. Did you hear what I said? When you are in a limitation in your marriage, when you are in a limitation in your finances, when you are in a limitation in your relationships, you need someone to give you an instruction that will break the limitation on your life. Now, he goes on and he says to her, what do you have in your house? Now, baby, let me tell y'all something. In her chest, in her chest, she done got real tight. Man of God. You know, this when y'all stop calling us pastor and start calling us by our first name. You came with Pastor Sean. Now it's Sean. Now, Sean, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to run you this story one more time. My husband died after serving you, running all over the country with you, up in your meetings all the time always watching your lives and now my husband has died and we don't have any money and they don't they're going to come and they're going to take my kids and then i'm really going to have a problem because my kids are going to be in slavery working off of debt and i'm not going to have any way for provision now you don't already ask me what i want and you know what i want you know i came here for money and now you're going to ask me what I have of value in my house. Tell your neighbor, say, don't miss your breakthrough because the instructions challenge you. Don't miss your next step into limitless living because the instructions challenge you. Don't get a 
offended by the instructions and end up in the same place. And many of you, this is your moment to break out because you have been given instructions to change your life, but the instructions offended you. It offended you that God would ask you to tithe when you feel like you don't have any money. It offended you that God would ask you to forgive even when they don't seem to be doing better. It offended you that God asked you to serve your spouse even though they seem to be acting a fool. And then because the instructions offended you, you still have a limit. But tell your neighbor, say, today we're breaking limits. Today we're breaking limits. Don't get offended by the instruction. So it goes on. Let me wrap this up. It says, what do you have in your house? And the woman says, thine handmaiden, she said that to humble herself. She said that to remind herself that God had put her in covenant with this man of God. Your handmaiden, your handmaiden has not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he says, go and borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, empty vessels and borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and thou shalt pour out of all of these vessels and set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels and she poured out. I got to stop again because y'all know us because you got to tell these stories like they really happen. You know everybody in the neighborhood know her husband died, right? You know everybody in her neighborhood has seen the creditor come to her door and want her son. And you now know she is going door to door asking for their empty vessels. Now, in the modern day, in the neighborhood group, we just sent a message. And I just said, Chris, now you know Ralph is coming by asking for these vessels. Well, I don't know what he doing with these vessels. What's going on with him? You know what? April should have done better by him because if she had done better by him, he wouldn't have been in this situation. So he is humbling her even more because she has to go out to a people who have already placed the limit on her. They've already said it's done. They've already said it's a wrap. They've already said her husband is dead. They're going to take her sons and ain't no way she's coming out of this. She's going to live in poverty, but she goes and she borrows the vessels and she doesn't borrow of you. And then he says, go in and close the door. You and your sons and begin to pour. And she begins to pour. And as she begins to pour, the oil begins to flow. And she pours 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 and she pours. And finally, she says, bring me a vessel. And her son says to her, there is not any more vessels and the oil stay. And I want to tell you that the key, the thing that stops up progress, the thing that stops up limitless li living is that you stop pouring. Many of you were pouring, 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 and that's why your increase was coming, 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 coming. And you got to a level of comfort, even though it wasn't where God called you and you stopped pouring. You stopped sowing like you used to sow. You stopped being a blessing to people like you used to be a blessing to them. And then the old stay, tell your neighbor, say, keep pouring. Why? Because one of the principles in the kingdom of God is that if you want to live a limitless life, you must continue to pour. He then says to her, so now it says, and when the vessels were full, 
she that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And he said, there is not a vessel more and the oil stay. And then she came and told the man of God, baby, this is one of my favorite verses in here because she went back and got instruction about what to do. There's so much wisdom in this because many times when we're in a destitute situation, we don't get the wisdom. I mean, we go and get the wisdom. And when things get better, we don't go back and get more wisdom. So we end up in another destitute situation. Have you ever had that happen to you? Have you ever had that happen that you was believing God for increase and the increase showed up, but then you didn't ask God what to do with the increase. And so you ended up in the same situation that you was in before. She goes back to the man of God and she says, what do you want me to do with this? And he says to her, Go and sell the oil and pay the debt and live thou and thy children off all of the rest. Guys, this blesses me so much. Here was a woman who had a problem. She had a limit. Her limit was that she had no way of making money. Her limit was that she had, that her sons were about to be taken into poverty. Her limit was that she was in debt. She goes to a man of God who hears from heaven and gives her an instruction. And that man of God releases an anointing on her life that causes her to increase. She goes and she's looking for temporary relief. You better lean in and hear what I'm saying. Many of you have not lived a limitless life because you keep looking for temporary relief. She's in pain. She doesn't want to lose her kids. She is grieving and she goes looking for temporary relief because God is not a God of temporary relief. God is not a God of pain management. God is not a God of barely making it in mediocrity and comfort zones. God is a God who does exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to the power that worketh on the inside of you. She goes looking for relief and he gives her oil business. See, many of you, you've been minimizing what God is telling you to do and you only do enough to get free. You only do enough to get a little relief. And God is saying to you, I want to take this thing in your hand. I want to take your seed. I want to take your business. I want to take the way you show love to people. And I want to take you into limitless living. And so she comes in looking for temporary relief, but he gives her abundance. And if he's done it for her, he's done it. He's done it for me. He's done it for you. It's in my account. It's in your account. We're getting ready to go. But I want to tell y'all something that happened in the conference, which is why I switched to something that happened yesterday and a word that I believe I am anointed to release in this season that is going to bring the people of God into their next level of progress. When I was in Virginia, I was on Pastor Cynthia's prayer panel. And one of the things that I said to them is that I think it's so important that when God has set an example before you, you don't just be a fan of that example, but that you become, and the Bible says, to follow after those who through faith and patience receive the promise. I believe that's Hebrews 4. To follow after those who through faith and patience have received the promise. It says to follow them, not just to clap for them. And one of the challenges for many of you is that you look at other people who have made progress. You look at other believers who have broke barriers. You looked at Latanya's testimony and you cheered for Latanya, but you didn't say these words right here. Me too. And so I said that one of the things that I believe has been so impactful for the breakthrough on my life is that when I looked at my spiritual mother, I didn't just clap. I did clap. I was excited about what God was doing in her life, but I said, me too. 
And I believe that there is anointing on this testimony to bring the people of God into a new level. So I didn't even really know it was that big deal. But when Pastor Cynthia comes back to the big session, she says to everybody, like Pastor Sean said, you have to decide me too. And the Lord said to me, the first Me Too movement brought breakthrough. And so will this one. The first Me Too movement was a movement where people were willing to admit the things that had happened to them so they could get free. And this movement says, if it's if God has done it in your life, Me Too. Both movements were a movement of freedom, but this movement has supernatural breakthrough on it. And when you begin to look at your covenant family, you begin to look at your spiritual parents, you begin to look at your pastors, you begin to look at people who are making limitless progress, you begin to look at people who are going from level to level and faith to faith, you need to look at them and say, me too, it's in my account. I want to end with this testimony as we get ready to give our offer today because it's going to bless you. So yesterday at the end, they brought me in at Pastor Inger's, uh, Inger on Wyatt's, and I was teaching about this woman right here because my assignment was to teach about wealth and to stare women for the wealth that's in them. But today I'm not just staring women because at the end, a man walked up to me and said, I know this message was just for women, but I receive it too. So I believe that this wealth, this message is bigger than just women. This message is for people, for the people of God. And so I began to tell this testimony and I began to talk about um, this Me Too movement, this Me Too movement where God is breaking you into new places, this Me Too movement where God is taking limits off of your life because you look at somebody who has broken through and you say, if they can, if God did it for them, God will do it for me. It's in my account too. He's not withholding it from me. I'm not a second class citizen. I'm not the black sheep of the spiritual family. Me too. And so he, um, and so anyway, Pastor Inga gets up and she begins to testify about the increase on her life. And I'm talking about the increase on my life. And I talk about the increase on my life because the Lord mandated me to. And I talk about the increase on my life because I understand that it's hard to go where you haven't seen. And for so long, we've hidden the increase on our life. We've hidden the blessings on our life because either we were afraid that somebody was going to take it or somebody was going to ask us for it, but that I have to testify about what God has done in my business. I have to testify about what God has done with Jordan. I have to testify about what God has done in my marriage because you can't follow it. You can't see. And so I made Pastor... Um, why it very uncomfortable and said the people need to sow into you. And I asked everybody to get a seed to sow. And there was a lady, I said, and I said, I don't care if you don't have anything but change. And I told a testimony from somebody in our church who only had 13 cent. Everything was gone but 13 cent. And they sold that 13 cent and it unlocked all the things that belonged to them. And anyway, this lady gets in line and I finally say, um, I find, I say to this, I say, if there's anybody in here who doesn't have any money, I want to sow into you so that you um, can sow into this. And this lady was standing there and she had change in her hand. She opened her hand and she showed me the change. And I, I could remember 
the times that I was in conferences and I ain't really had no extra money to give. What I had to give was what I had to give, but I would empty my change to sow because I wanted to be a part of what was happening. And I believe that if I followed after those who do faith and patience, I could receive. So I grab my wallet and initially I take two $20 bills and I say, sow one and keep one. She literally just begins to cry. She begins to weep. And, and I begin to understand that this is a divine moment. And so I come down off of the stage and she's there with her spiritual mother and she, her spiritual mother is praying over her. And the Lord says, give her the cash on this side of your wallet. I don't even know how much it was. I don't know, hundred something dollars, whatever. And when I did it, other people began to give to her as well. And the Lord said to me, the reason your increase is so important is because your increase can become a divine setup for someone to know that I see them. See, the reason we have to want wealth, the reason we have to want no limits in our life, the reason we have to want to go from progress to progress is because one day you're going to be standing in a grocery store and there's going to be a lady there who's trying to feed her family and she doesn't have enough money to get all of the food. But because you have increased, because you have gone from faith to faith and level to level and glory to glory, God can say to you, Chris, buy her groceries and you can buy her groceries and still buy your own groceries and not have anything missing. And then you can say to her, God sees you. See, people in the world, money is just a material thing. In the kingdom, it's a spiritual tool to help people remember that God sees them. After the thing is over, I'm going to post this on my Facebook page. The lady comes up and she says, you have no idea how much you changed my life today. I said, you have no idea how much Jesus changed your life today. And she says, I didn't think he saw me. I thought he forgot. And we, when we were talking afterwards, she's never going to forget. Have you ever had a moment where somebody blessed you and you never go forget? Have you ever had a moment where when you were at, like, and it may have been a dire situation, but Pastor Ralph, it could have just been a desire that you had, that you thought, I can't really afford this right now. And God had somebody to give you the money for or to bring you that thing. And that thing helped you remember that God saw you too. See, this no limit life, this life of progress, it's not just for us. It is for us, but it's not just for us. Pastor Edwin told us this is the year of great progress. Pastor Edwin told us that God wants to do things in us, through us, and for us. God wants us to establish that he has not forgotten us, that it is all in our account. But he also wants to be able to take the Latanya who came to soul shift and experienced the same thing and for her now to be able to do it to other people. He now wants to lift up the Marlowe's that they had to, they had to believe God for a washer and dryer, but now they can buy somebody a washer and dryer he wants us to go from faith to faith and glory to glory because there are so many people who don't know that god sees them and say what you will
Money is a way to show it. Money is a way to show it. When you don't have any gas in your car and somebody shows up at the gas station and says, God sent me to put gas in your car. Money is a way to show it. When you don't know how you're going to feed your kids, when you sold your last seed and you're not sure and somebody just walks up to you and says, hey, here's this Chick-fil-A gift card. Let me tell you that in the last days, God is going to use your wealth to be a walking billboard of his goodness. Not just that you drive a nice car, but that while you drive a nice car, you can put gas in somebody else's car. Not just that you can go on vacation where you've never been before, but that you can go on vacation and you can be a blessing to the staff and to the hostess and the servers in such a way that they say, why in the world would you bless me like that? I want you to let God make you such a testimony that people begin to look at you and say, why would you do this? And you can say, God sees you. And you can begin to use something like money to lead people to Jesus. Why would you pay my car note? How did you even know that my car note was, a, my car was about to get repossessed? How did you know that my family was hungry? How did you know you can say God sees you, but it starts with you realizing that the enemy uses your disobedience to keep limitations on your life. He uses your limitations to keep those, your disobedience to keep you capped. So when you see those moments, you say, I wish I could do something, but you can't do anything. So I want to give you this opportunity to sow right now this morning. If this message has blessed you, I want you to care, call your seed this morning. Me too. It's a limitless seed. This is a seed that is going to break the back of limitations. It's going to break the back of, of financial limitation. You're going to go places you've never gone before. You're going to do things you've never done before. You're going to bless people like you've never blessed before. You're going to come out of stressing over money. You're going to stop. You're going to begin to have money in your checking account, money in your savings account. You're going to be able to be a blessing to other people without hurting yourself. Who am I talking to today? Because I feel like it's the old saints say that I'm preaching better than you saying amen. You're going to begin to be able to be a blessing everywhere you go because you say, I am willing. I want to read one more scripture as we go. I want you to understand why it frustrates God so much when we disobey. Tell your neighbor, say, all God is trying to do is get you to the promised land. I want us to look at two more scriptures. Can y'all give me two more scriptures? I want us to look at Psalm 78 because I want you to understand why they frustrated God, why our disobedience frustrates God. It frustrates God to see Ebony living paycheck to paycheck because he knows what's in her cash, in her account. It frustrates God to keep to see Katrina not having the money for everything that she needs because he knows what's in her account. He's just trying to get you to the promised land because once your needs are taken care of, you are free to represent him in the world. But I want you to read. I want to read two scriptures to you and then we're going to get out of here today. We're going to read Psalms. 78, 35 through 43 in the Passion Translation. And then we're going to read Numbers, the 13th chapter, because we're going to end with the, the word that Caleb gave. 
Psalm 78, verse 35, it says, they remember that God, the mighty one, was their strong protector, God who would come to their rescue. But their repentance lasted only as long as they were in danger. But their repentance lasted only as long as they were in danger. I want you to decide today that you are no longer a person who your repentance only lasts as long as you are in danger. Their repentance lasted only as long as they were in danger. They lied through their teeth through the true God of covenant. So they quickly wandered from his promises, following God's with their words, but not with their hearts. Their worship was only flattering. But amazingly, God, so full of compassion, still forgave them. He covered over their sins with his love, refusing to destroy them all. Over and over, he held back their ang his anger, restraining wrath to show them mercy. He knew that they were made from mere dust, fragile, frail, and short-lived, here today and gone tomorrow. How many times they rebelled in their desert days, how they grieved him with their grumbling. Why does my disobedience grieve God so bad? He can't be good to me. Every parent knows this. Why does it get on your nerves so bad when your kids won't obey? Because you have these things planned for them and they can't partake. But I believe that God is releasing a Caleb spirit into Fellowship of Champions. He's releasing a Caleb spirit into you. Let's go to message, the number, the 13th chapter. And this is so important because if you know, the children of Israel ended up wandering and grumbling in the desert for 40 years. And Caleb and Joshua were the only people from their generation who went in. Tell your neighbor, say, if I'm the only one from my generation, I'm going in. Numbers the 13th in the message, it says they presented themselves. This is after they have come back from spying out the land. They presented themselves before Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Haran at Kadesh. And they reported to the whole congregation and they showed them the fruit of the land. See my testimony, Latanya's house, the car that Katrina got, they are the fruit of the land that my business makes more money every single year. It is the fruit of the land that my marriage gets better. It is the fruit of the land. They gathered the people and they showed them the fruit of the land. They said, we went to the land you sent us and oh, it does flow with milk and honey. Just look at this fruit. The only thing is that the people who live there are fierce. The only thing is that I got a bad credit score. The only thing is that I'm a black woman. The only thing is that I'm 65. The only thing is that the people who live there are fierce, their cities are huge, and it well fortified. Worse yet, we saw the descendants of the giant Anak and the Amicalites were spread out in the in the Jeeb, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites hold the hill country, and the Canaanites were established on the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan. And Caleb interrupted, I have come to interrupt. And Caleb interrupted, and he called for silence before Moses, and he said, let's go up now and take the land we can do it. I have come to interrupt all of the stories you are telling about your giants. 
Do you know why God never mentioned the giants to them? They didn't matter. There is not a giant that you're facing that is bigger than your God. There is not a giant that you are facing that's bigger than the wisdom of God. There is not a giant you are facing that's bigger than the favor of God. So I have come as we close today to be like Caleb. I have interrupted and I have called for silence among all of the people who are talking about the giants, talking about the credit scores, talking about the economy, talking about what's in your savings account, talking about what's in your job market. And I want to say to you, let's go up and take the land now. We can do it. Come on and give God some praise. We're going up to take the land. We're taking our inheritance. Everything that's been set apart for you, we're taking our inheritance. We don't have time to play with disobedience. We're taking our inheritance. What does God have in your inheritance for this season? We're taking our inheritance. Is it relation restoration? Is it um is it is it restored health? Is it more money? Is it is it is it a vacation home? Is it a first home? Is it a car that cranks up every time you get in it? I'm here to say to you, I call for silence. Let's go up and take the land now. We can do it. Why? Because we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Come on and give the Lord some praise. Listen, you may at this point may say, you know what? I want to rededicate my life today. I want to rededicate my life. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit or I want to be a partner of FOC. You can do it. You can do it all today. So if you want to do any of those things, you want to be a partner of FOC, we have a link. You want to come home. We want you to come home. Why do we want you to come home, baby? Because we are about to take the land. We can do it. Were you encouraged by today's message? Listen, if you give your me too seed today, this is a breakthrough seed. There is an anointing on this seed to break through. You can use push pay. You can use Givelify. You can use Tidally. You can use text to give. And honey, if you are an international partner, you can use PayPal in order to give. But let me tell you something. I prophesy to you by the spirit of God. If you will do what God told you to do this time next year, you will stand in awe of what God has done in your life. I prophesy to you that some of you are going to break your first six figures. Some of you are going to double your salary. I say that there are houses that God has set apart for you. You know why God wants that house, that certain house for you? He needs you in that neighborhood. Tell your neighbor, say he needs me in that neighborhood. I told them yesterday, I said, one of the things I've learned about sitting in first class is that first class wasn't just for my comfort. First class was for the leaders that God wanted me to be able to speak into their life. He needs you in that neighborhood. He needs your kids in that school. He needs you there. We can do it. I hope you've been blessed by the word today. I love you guys so much. Pastor Edwin and I love you. We want you. We want you to be a part of what's going on in Fellowship of Champions. We want you to be a part of what's going on in Fellowship of Champions. Tomorrow, I will not be doing strategies for success. I'm sure some of you can tell I probably need to get my voice back. So I will not be doing strategies for success. But on Tuesday, you know what we're going to do? We go pray. You know why? Because we can do it. We're taking the lane. 
So from Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central, we're going to have prayer. And I hope you're there. That's right, me. She needs you in that neighborhood. He needs you there. And when you get there, that's what it says in Deuteronomy 8 and 18. And when you get there, when you get there, don't you think you did it? Don't you forget that it's the Lord. Don't y'all be in them houses fighting and acting a fool. Don't you be in them cars smoking weed. Don't you be in them restaurants giving cheap tips. Don't you forget it's the Lord who got you there. Glory to God. And then on Wednesday, we have um, Ignite for um, our boys and our girls. Now, I'm so excited about that. 7 p.m., get your kids plugged in. Ask them about the lessons when they get through. Find out what they're learning. You got Victory Zone on demand. You can get more information by visiting focchurch.com. And then on Friday morning, what, have, what do we do on Friday morning, baby? Oh, I'm sorry. I done skipped you, Ralph. My bad. I'm sorry. Let me come back. Refresh Bible study, Pastor Ralph. Let's not forget Pastor Ralph. Let's not, my bad. Let's not forget Pastor Ralph. He's going to be there teaching Bible study so you can be refreshed. Reminding you to take the lane. And then on Friday morning, we have prayer at 6.30 where all the champions gather. 6.30 is where all the people who take in the land show up. And then on Sunday at 9 o'clock, Pastor Chris will be back with Pastor, with Elder Valley um, for at Christian Valley Worships. And then Pastor Ellen and I will be back here together next week. Praise the Lord. And then on October 30th, we don't care if you got to run, fly, take a train, transport. You need to get to Northwest Arkansas at 11 a.m. 2737 Old Wire Road for the huddle. Amen. See, babe, you, you trying to get me to keep preaching. I'm not going to do this. You can't put that scripture up. Chris, you know that's our scripture right there. Pull that scripture up right there. I have seen that everything human has its limits, no matter how grand, perfect, or noble. But the word of God, the commandment of God, is exceedingly broad, and it extends without limits. How is God going to get you into your next? His word is exceedingly broad and it extends without limits. Listen, I really am about to go because I got to stop talking. I love y'all. God bless you. I'm so glad you're our partners. We're so thrilled to do life with you. We love you so much. And we will see you this week at the announcement, at the announcements that we have given out, the services we have given out. Bring a friend. Go find some people that want to take the land. We're going to end with this right here. We got 72 people left. You know what I always do. If you hang on, I'm going to give you a blessing. If you hang on, I'm going to give you a blessing. I declare in the name of Jesus acceleration on whatever is due to you in this season. Whatever amount of time that it was supposed to take, may it be cut in half in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We will see you guys this week. We love you. God bless you.